So as I, as I was uh, in praise and worship earlier, um, the Lord wanted me to tell you about something that I was watching on the Believer's Voice of Victory. It was on this show, I think, called Radio, or Revival Radio and TV, something like that. Do you guys, did I say that right? Yeah. And um, they were talking about the, um, the moves of the Holy Spirit or the moves of God through the 20th century. And I was really fascinated by this. I was like, oh, I think I'll, I'll watch this for a little bit. I ended up watching the whole episode. But it was cool because they talked about how in the early 1900s it was like Smith Wigglesworth, the Azusa Street Revival, like when Pentecostal denomination really brought forth and everything that happened, all the great signs and wonders that happened. And then uh, the next move was the healing movement with like Kenneth Hagin and um, John, Oral Roberts, John G. Lake, maybe? No? Yeah? And uh, Allen, what's his name? A.A. A. A. Allen, yeah. And then they talked about the next one was the charismatic movement, or another term was the Jesus movement, so like Billy Graham and all that. It was interesting to see it all because they had it all on this big board. And I was like, oh, wow, this is cool because I like history. And then the, the one after that to finish out the 20th century was uh, the Word of Faith movement. And, you know, like Kenneth Copeland. And, and like Kenneth Hagin spanned, mu- you know, multiple of these movements. It wasn't like he just was in the healing movement, but that's where he started. So they were talking about this. And something interesting they said was uh, they were talking about the resistance, you know, to each of these movements. But what I felt was fascinating was one of the biggest uh, resistance and one of the biggest people groups that um, was resistant to the next move of God was the people still stuck in the previous move. The Pentecostals did not like the healing movement because all of a sudden the Holy Ghost was going through other people and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's us. You know, we speak in tongues. We're supposed to be the, we believe in healing, you know, and and all of a sudden like Kenneth Hagin was coming out and they didn't like it. And then once the healing movement was finishing up there was like the jesus movement and people in the healing movement were resistant to the jesus movement and then so forth people in the jesus movement were resistant to resistant to the word of faith movement and i was just thinking to myself i don't want to be that person i don't want to be stuck in what i was taught at first or what i was brought into at first in christ and miss the next move of the holy spirit and uh, I don't know, that really hit me, is I've been coming to this church now almost a decade. That's insane. I'm like, I'm getting old. Jesus, help me. <laughs> got to look into, like, face moisturizers and all that. I got to see, like, this little wrinkle happening in my forehead. And I'm like, oh, no, Jesus, come back. I don't want to be, I don't want to get old. And all you older, way older than me are like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> But um, what was I saying? Oh, I don't want to be resistant to God's next move. Because what happened in the Word of Faith movement is that people were used to flowing in the Spirit, but they didn't have any knowledge. They didn't have any teaching. And that's why the Word of Faith movement came about, because people were getting healed, people were getting set free, but then they would go back to being sick, or they'd go back into their old ways because they didn't have any solid teaching. So you need the word and you need the flow of the spirit, right? So we don't want to be caught up in our, in our 
ways. We, ha- we should be open to what God's going to do, right? Because I don't want to be one of the groups of people resisting the move of God next, right? So that's, that's not my message, but I thought I'd share that because I f- thought it would be interesting. So why don't we turn to Proverbs 27, and we're going to read uh, just, one sh- uh, just one verse here in verse 19. And it's going to be out of the New Living Translation. Again, it's Proverbs 27, verse 19. We'll read this um, verse, and then I'll tell you how uh, this um, sermon came about, and I'll give you the title. It says, As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Um, we were, me and Brian went snowboarding on Wednesday. I'll tell you more about that later. <laughs> it was very interesting. One of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Um, but on the way back, this song came on that I really hadn't listened to in a long time. It came out about 10 years ago, and it's called Starry Night. And it used to play a lot like on K-Love and Air One and, and those radio stations. And there's a line in it that says, I'm giving my life to the only one who makes the moon reflect the sun. Every starry night, that was his design. And I've always liked that, that, um, that part of the song. I'm like, I wish I would have came up with that. I'm like, that's a cool line. You know, as a song, as a wannabe songwriter, I'm always like, oh, man, that's cool. Or, and I'm like, that's a really cool line. And the Lord said, the title of your message is Be a Reflection. And I said, okay, you know, because I'm driving. Brian doesn't even know that this is happening. He's using the same vehicle I was. This is going on in my mind. It's going on in my heart. And he said, be a reflection. And I, and I started to think about what that meant. You know, the moon doesn't have light. The moon is dead. The moon is cold. There's no life to the moon. Isn't that interesting? There's no life to it. And I, I was looking up, like, moon facts. And um, one of the things that they, they said in this video was the moon was actually bigger thousands of years ago for our ancestors than it is now because it's slowly pulling away from the earth. So I thought that was interesting. I'm like, oh, so they, their super moon was probably like this big instead of this big. You know, I'm thinking about all this stuff. And um, one of the interesting facts that they said was is even when the moon is at a supermoon status, it only reflects 20% of the light shining on it. Can you believe that? And it's pretty bright, you know, when, wow. when the supermoon. But I said 20%? I'm like, what if it was 100%? We'd be blinded. We need to go out there with, like, our Oakleys, you know, and at night. And we couldn't see, probably couldn't see the stars, probably couldn't see the Milky Way or whatever else is out there, you know, shooting stars. But I said only 20%. And I was thinking about that. And if we're supposed to be like this, like this verse here says, is so the heart reflects a real person. And the Lord said, like the moon reflects the sun, I want my people to reflect my sun. And I'm like, how many of us are barely at 20% reflecting Jesus. I'm like, what if we were all reflecting him 100%? We'd be blinding people, you know? And I was thinking about that. I was like, 
Lord, I, I don't know if I want to know how much I'm reflecting you. I'm not going to give myself a percentage because I'm going to cry. So, but I was thinking about this, and the moon is completely dead. There, there's not, it's not alive like the earth because the earth has a core, right? Little Science 101 it has a core, molten hot magma, blah, 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 all that stuff. And the moon doesn't have that. But yet, the sun will still reflect from it. I'm like, how much more us, you know, because we were dead. We were a wasteland like the moon. We've been made alive unto Christ, right? How much more should we be reflective of him? Because we're alive. We're not dead. You know, and the moon is dead, and it still reflects all that light from the sun. You know, God could have given uh, the moon to be like the sun. It's, you know, a source of energy, a source of power. But he chose to leave it dead. I think he did that on purpose to show us that, hey, if something dead can reflect the sun, how, how much more can Ashton reflect me? How much more can Dominic reflect me? Isn't that powerful? Isn't that awesome? I was like, wow, that's amazing. I can reflect Jesus brighter than the moon reflects the sun. And I just, I thought about it, and I kept thinking about it, and I kept thinking about it. And I really felt like the last thing, last Friday night that we're going to have for however long, till the Lord comes back or whatever, and he wants us to, be a reflection of himself. He wants us to shine bright. If we're being honest, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, have we been reflecting Jesus like we ought? And it's not, a lot of times we get, we get religious about it and think we're just supposed to be preaching to everybody. No, that's not. You're a reflection of, by your words, by your actions, by your thoughts, you know, um, you're not, being a reflection of Jesus is not always preaching to somebody. It's majority of living the life that we're called to live. That's why we can't go around messing up all the time, you know, sinning. Because not only does it hurt, hurt you, it hurts your reflection. You know, it hurts our representation of Jesus. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but... We live right because we love other people, you know? Paul says, if eating meat causes a brother or sister to stumble, then I'm not going to eat meat in their presence. If that was me, I'd be like, you don't like me in a hamburger? Slap on two patties, you know? <laughs> right? That's what you want to do. Be like, well, it's my right. I'm an American, you know? We're f freedom, you know? It's like, if I want to eat three patties in your presence, I will, you know? But that's not the way God wants us to reflect him. If eating a hamburger is going to cause somebody to stumble, get a salad. You know? We, but we don't think like that because I think of hurts. You know? People have hurt us. I deal with people every day. You know? This, they lose their keys. They... Uh, because I work in parts department at a dealership. They lose their keys. They, that's the biggest one. When people lose their keys, they get really mad. 
So then they come to me and they're like, it's how much money? And then they start taking it out on me on why they lost their keys. You know, in that moment, I can choose to be a reflection of good or I can be a reflection of evil and grab them and slap them. You know, that's what we want. But that's reality, right? That's every day. And, um, you know, Jesus was every day challenged by the Pharisees to, they, they talked bad about him. He even knew what they were thinking. Like, that would not be good, you know? They'd be like, no, 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 and be like, I just heard that, and be like, what? You know? But, you know, God hears and sees the thoughts we think towards other people. You know, someone today hung up the phone on me, and immediately I went, and I'm not going to lie, started cussing him out in my brain. And, but I caught myself. I'm like, why did I go there? Because those thoughts, and those don't make you unholy. They don't make you ungodly. We just live in a fallen world, right? Your soul isn't saved. Your soul needs saving every day. That's why it's important to read your chapter a day. That's why it's important to read the Proverbs a day, because those thoughts are going to continually be there. And as soon as they came, the Lord said, stop. And I said, oh, I, I, but I didn't even know I was going there until I was there. Isn't that, isn't that every day? I mean, am I the only one or nobody raised their hand? So, <laughs> but it, it dawned on me like, cause what I wanted to do is uh, there's caller ID and I wanted to call him back and chew him out, you know, be like, Hey, that wasn't very nice. Blah, 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 bleep, bleep, bleep. And hang up the phone. Right. Right. Don't act like that's not you. Like I'm the only one. But sometimes being the biggest reflection of Jesus is saying nothing. Like he said nothing. You know, when he chose to not say anything when before like Pilate and the others when they spit on him and hit him. And, you know, that's also being a reflection of Jesus is what do you do when people are not nice to you, you know? And I want people to say, wow, you handled that well. And I want us to have a reputation at Faith Heights Church that we handle those type of situations well. Not, in, not because of us, anything. We're not we're special, but because we're leaning on the one on the inside of us. Amen? We better keep moving because I'm not even to my first point yet. Um, let's go to um, 1 Corinthians 13. Can we handle a little meat tonight? Or do we need milk? I like milk and cookies. But we're going to have a little steak too. So 1 Corinthians 13, and we're only going to read one verse, and it's going to be verse 12 out of the New Living. And it says, um, Now we see things imperfectly. That's humbling, <laughs> no matter how much you think you know like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. So we know everything partial, right? And I, I wanted to point this scripture out, one, because it's one of the only verses I could find that has the word reflection in it. And two is you don't know everything. And um, we need to be more P1, 
people-minded than we are theology-minded, you know? The Lord told me, he said, the only Jesus some people in your life will see is you. Are we being good reflectors of him, or are we being good sponges? And when he said that, I was like, good sponges? What does that mean? I'm not a sponge. That's gross, you know? But how many of us just come to church, and we just keep soaking in? We just keep soaking in. We just keep soaking in. We just keep soaking in the word, worship, and we never reflected any, any of it out. What's the point of us being here if we're not going to be reflections of Jesus? He said, I don't want you to be, I don't want the people of Faith Heights Church just to be good consumers. I want them to be good distributors. Are we distributing the word that we're getting, or are we just consuming it? Because in this day and age, it's really easy to just be a consumer, right? Bye, 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 me, me, me. The next gadget, the next phone, the next laptop. I have to be careful about this. The next car. I work at a dealership. Goodness gracious. Poor Rachel, every week, every month I come back and I want this truck, you know? And the... And the the Lord stopped me this last time looking at this truck. He said, you're making that truck your Lord. You just think about it all the time. That's all you think about. You don't even, you're not in your thinking about how through your job you can supply that. And you've taken me completely out of the equation. How many of, of us, though, that, that's us? We focus on this material thing, and then we get it, and then it doesn't satisfy us, right? But we can do that with the word, you know, that's why he says, don't be hearers only, but be doers of the word, right? He said that because you can get that way with the word, where you just want the next sermon, you just want the next best big thing, you want the next revelation, and then it still doesn't satisfy completely because you're not distributing it. You're not being a reflection of it. You're not living it, right? Any of us been guilty of this besides me, you know? How many of us come here two, three times a week and we're not reflecting anything of that? It's sad. We're no different than a person who doesn't come here every week if we're not reflecting the, the Lord, right? If we're not handling situations well, if, we're not, if we keep talking doubt, if we keep, you know, why am I here at, at this point in, in my life, you know, and not realizing that if you give your situation to God, that he can turn your wilderness into the promised land, right? And um, I just felt like the Lord really wanted, like I said, this is kind of a meaty, meaty uh, sermon, but we're the Friday night crew, right? And if any of us need to be good reflectors, it's us, right? Come here on our Friday nights, right? And um, that's why it's so important when people want you to do something that you don't feel comfortable doing, you say no, but you do it because you love the Lord. And you love them, really. You're doing it because you love them. See, we can make it a religious thing and be like, oh, no, I'm a good, good Christian, blah, 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 blah. No, you do it because you love them because actually when you do things with them that you know you're not supposed to be doing, you're hurting them. You know, we're supposed to be different, Right? We're supposed to be different. Um, does that, on time Jeremy Pearson said that, and he's like, you know, we're supposed to be different, right? And everybody in the congregation was like, uh, and he's like, right? <laughs> and, but it's like, we don't, we're, 
you know, I don't want that to be Faith Heights Church. We're a different church, right? And, you know, the different things attract people. You know, the next big thing is not something that's common. It's something that's different, right? Amen. All right, we got to keep moving along here. Um, my last point before I get to the th- three attributes that, of God that we should reflect in this new year. Even though we may, know, we may not know everything perfectly, we can still shine bright for God. Isn't that amazing? And I'm just going to reiterate what I said earlier. If a cold, dead moon can reflect the sun, how much more his kids who have been made alive reflect his son Jesus. Isn't that awesome? We don't have to be perfect. People aren't looking for perfect people, but they're looking for people who are humble, people who say, I don't got it all together, but I'm going to try my very best, and Jesus is going to help me. And they see that. People, people see fake, and I don't want us to be fake. You know, we have problems. We have um, difficulties in this life, but we get through them with Christ, right? right? Through Christ, we are more than conquerors. Through Christ, we are, um, what else? I just drew a blank on everything that we are in Christ. Through, through Christ, we are more than conquerors. Through Christ, we are overcomers. Through Christ, we have his power in us to distribute to other people. You know, the power of God is on the inside of you. On the inside of you. So next time you're walking through the grocery store and the Lord says, pray for that person, not necessarily lay hands. He might tell you to do that and you should obey. But even the prayer that you pray out has power. You know, just saying, Lord, help them, protect them. And just saying that simple prayer could enable angels to, protect, to shield them from an accident. And they didn't even know you did that for them. It's just little things like that, you know. We can't be afraid to pray for people thinking that our prayers aren't going to work. No, if Lord said pray for them, it's going to work, right? We aren't, we aren't a fear church. We're a faith church, right? All right. Let's go to the first attribute, which is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Bet everybody knows what we're going to be reading here. And we're actually going to be reading out of the Amplified Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And the first attribute, obviously the most important one that we should reflect in 2019 and for the rest of our lives is his love. So what is his love? Who is God? Because he is love. So love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. does not display itself haughtily. Ooh, that's a lot of words. It is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Every time I read this, it's like, well, mess that up today. Well, mess that up today. <laughs> love, God's love in us, does not insist on, his, on its own rights or its own way. Wow. It is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of evil done to it when people hang up the phone on you. It takes no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when the truth but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Anything and everything. 
and is ever ready to believe the best of every person, a person that chewed you out or not gave you the not nice sign because you cut them off in traffic. It hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Yeah. Woo! Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. Isn't that amazing? Amen. That's, that's the God that lives inside of you. So next time you say you can't do one of those things, just look to who's already inside of you. That's why, that's why it's important to read the Bible because that, that feeds you, that feeds your spirit. Sometimes I read this and this seems impossible <laughs> for me to, to do. I'm like, well, Lord, I'm going to do my best. And you know, that's what he wants us to do is our best. And guess what? Our best will get better every day Amen. with his help. He's not going to let you be stale. You know, he's going to, if you keep looking to him, pretty soon, a couple months down the line, you'll be like, wow, I reacted differently to that situation. Whoa, brownie point, you know, go get yourself a Sunday at Dairy Queen or something. But we need to, one thing that I've tried to focus more on is rejoicing in the small victories. Because they may seem small to us, but they're actually big, huge. Because with each baby step, you're taking a step towards your destiny. You're taking a step towards the person God's called you to be. There's no too small of a step, right? We need to celebrate the small victories in our life, not just the big ones. Because most of our lives are, are going to be um, made up of small victories. They're not going to be big. God's not a God of the spectacular. He's the God of the supernatural. You know, a lot of times we expect the spectacular when really the supernatural is you didn't chew that person out, yeah. right? You were a reflection of Jesus in that time, right? You did not curse when you hit your thumb with the hammer, you know? That's a small victory because what that, what that said when you didn't curse when you hit your um, thumb with the hammer was that you've been filling up more with God. And instead of what you were, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, of the heart, the mouth, what? Speaks, right? So if, just like, you know, pastors used this um, example before, but if you were to take a cup of milk and just start dumping water in it, eventually the glass, the cup would be full of water because the water is going to displace the milk, Right? And that's what it takes with us. It's going to take time. And we can't, we can't um, get down on ourselves. The devil's going to be there every day to, be, to tell you how you didn't walk in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Oh, yeah. But just know Christ doesn't see that mistake. He doesn't see it. Just if you knew you messed up, just say, Father, forgive me. I repent. And that's it. That's it. That's it. You know, he can tell if you're genuine about it, too, you know. But that's all you have to do. And then get back up and move on, right? Um, we need to ask ourselves, do we just know this passage of Scripture, or, or do we demonstrate it? Are we demonstrators of his love? Are we demonstrators um, of, of his kingdom, right? Uh, Matthew 6, 33 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's his kingdom? His way. His ways, you know, of, of doing things, which most of the time is not our way of doing things, right? What I've come to learn. Let's go to the next uh, scripture here. John 3.16. Everybody knows it, but we don't know it how we ought to, right? We're going to read out of the New King James. Holy moly, it is 8.13. Praise the Lord. Are you guys with me here? Okay. Um, For God so loved the world. Why don't we just read it together? Ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want to focus on he gave. So if we're being demonstrators of his love, what should we be doing? Giving. I want us to be known as a giving church. But not just, every time we think of giving, we think of money. But it's not just money. Your time, uh, your speech, are you giving compliments? You know, are we uh, being good stewards with these things? But money, yeah, it blesses people to leave a bigger tip than normal at the restaurant, right? And guess what? Like Mark Hagen says, if, uh, if you're going to be a giver, God can support that habit, right? We don't, we don't want money for just us, right? Our four and no more. That's not, that's, not why we, um, that's not why we want prosperity. We want it to bless other people, to bless the work, right? Right? You know, I've, I've seen the most covetous people be the poorest, you know, when I used to, at my previous job, that people would complain all the time about other people having money. And I said, no, I'm never going to do that because I'm not, I don't care if they have a big RV or uh, four-wheelers because I'm, if, how can I, you know, talk bad about somebody who has that stuff but yet believe that um, God wants me to have the desires of my heart, you know? How can I do that? So we need to watch our mouth, Right. Amen. Um, One indicator of the level of love you're walking in is how big of a giver you are. And like I said, that's not just money. That's your time. That's your speech. Are you giving out all the time? And guess what? If 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 you keep filling up on God, eventually, I hope, we would be overflowing with his love, right? Overflowing with love. So you want an indicator of how, how good of, uh, of a love walk you're walking, just look at how much of a giver you are. Um, I was listening to somebody, and they said they estimate that we, as a society, concentrate on ourselves 85% of the time, and we think about others 15% of the time. But if you think about it, I thought about that in my life. I was like, so let me look at this week. Yeah, I thought about me there, I thought about me there. Maybe you thought about somebody else over there. I was like, that's probably accurate for me. And I was like, oh my goodness, what if we switched it around? What if we were thinking about other people 85% of the time and ourselves 15% of the time? Whoa. And see, immediately we hear that and we're like, no, right? I mean, me just talking that, my flesh is like, no, no. No, you need to save up. You need that heavy-duty, awesome Mac, you know, which we just got a new computer, praise the Lord. But um, you need that awesome truck. You know, you need to focus all your attention on that truck. You need to focus all your attention on that house. No, focus on other people. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Isn't that awesome? You don't have, why are we striving to go after things that we should be attracting? Amen? Isn't that good? I, I follow um, this pastor on Instagram. His name is David Crank, and he's out of um, St. Louis, Missouri. And um, he, on, his, on one time on his story, somebody had his phone, I guess, and he was at the grocery store, and he just started paying for people's groceries. They said, the guy in the video is like, we've been here for the last 30 minutes because pastor's been paying for all these people's groceries. But I'm like, that, that stirred up something in me. I'm like, well, next time I go to the grocery store, can I buy somebody's groceries? You know, can I bless somebody? Maybe, maybe they're depending on God to pay for the groceries that they don't have the money for and we can be a blessing to them. I mean, isn't that awesome? I think Isaac said one time that you guys gave all your groceries away to somebody, right? A long time ago when he was a little, little lad. But I'm like, isn't that awesome? I'm like, I want to, well, I got to be good about going to the grocery store first because I don't like going to the grocery store. So next time I'm at the grocery store, I'm going to look for somebody. You know, maybe the Lord will move on my heart. Be like, that person, go pay for their groceries. I mean, isn't that a blessing? To pay for somebody's Starbucks, you know, behind you. Pay for um, somebody's meal. You know, let's, be, let's think of ways that we can bless our community, right? Because we're givers. Faith Heights Church is a giving church, right? Amen. All right, so the second um, attribute of God that we should be reflecting in 2019 is his mercy. Now, his mercy can go in love, but I really felt like the Lord said, no, this needs to be different. This needs to be a point. And um, I'm going to go to Psalms 145, verse 8. And this is going to be out of the New King James Version. It says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. Whew! All right, I got to reflect that. I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, but I can do it, you know? We have to have that attitude, I can do this. You know, the Lord is slow to anger and great in mercy. Well, hey, that immediately tells me I need to be slow to anger and great in mercy because he is, right? He is full of compassion and he's very gracious. So how many of us are reflecting his mercy or are we just posting everything we don't like about someone or something on Facebook or on social media? You know, are we reflecting mercy or the, are we just bashing the, um, the other side of the political spectrum that we don't agree with? You know, that's not love. Just because they're doing it to you doesn't mean you should do it back. Right? I'm, and I'm going to be honest, both sides go after each other way too much, if I'm being completely honest. And I'm, I purpose in my heart not to be that way. You know? I'm not going to bash somebody based on their political view, whether it's right or wrong, because I'm going to show mercy and I'm going to show love to them. Amen? And we need, to, we need to be reflective of that because it's so easy to pick up the phone and just type out your thoughts. And guess what? God's thoughts are probably not your thoughts. And his ways more than likely are not your ways. And um, 
we just need a purpose that we're not only going to be examples of love, be reflectors of love and mercy in the real world, but in the virtual world, right? Because it's so easy to pick up that phone and just blare out and tag somebody so that way they see it, you know. Hey, this video's for you. Watch. You know, hey, this post is for you. I mean, you know, that's not walking in love if you post something and you're like, I really hope this person sees it because they need to see it and they need to see the truth. They need to see the light. You know, that's not, that's not walking in love. Just because they don't agree with you, that's not walking in love. And I don't want us to be um, replicators of that. I want us to be replicators of his mercy, right? And his grace. Because believe it or not, like um, that um, previous verse said a few verses ago about being um, reflections in a mirror. What does it say? You don't have to go to it, but it says, we see things imperfectly. So there you go. We, you see it imperfectly. If Paul said, I don't know things like I ought. Paul said, I'm looking at things partial. I, I only know in part. If Paul only knew things in part, what about you and me? He got the re- greatest revelation of, of grace, mercy, faith, love, and he said, I only know in part. So next time we think we know something that somebody else needs to hear, you only know in part. Right? Amen. All right, next verse is 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. New King James will be 1 Peter 2, verse 9 through 10. Are you guys doing okay? You guys doing all right? Good. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You know he's talking about you right there. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not people, who, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Isn't that good? We have obtained mercy. So it's not, it's not right for us to not share that mercy. Right? If we've obtained it, because how many of you guys know it's really easy to point out somebody else's flaws, and then t- the next day you mess up almost the exact same thing, and all of a sudden you're crying about, oh, Lord, mercy, mercy. But did you give that person mercy? You know, the Lord, you need to repent of that before you ask for mercy, because he's a big, God's a God of great mercy, he's full of compassion, but he does not like when you've obtained a revelation in mercy. You've obtained a revelation in love, and then you don't give it out. Maybe that person did you wrong. Maybe that person um, did your family member wrong. But guess what? You've messed up too. I've messed up too. And it's not fair that we keep hanging it over their heads, right? So we need to be reflective of his mercy. You know, coming back to the snowboarding thing, I know I, I come around to this. We went snowboarding. I, it was my first time ever, and Brian is an excellent snowboarder. Oh, my goodness. He's like Sean White, and um, which, if you guys don't know who Sean White is, he's like one of the best. He used to be one of the best snowboarders of like ever. Has like 13 gold medals and all that stuff, um, Olympics, but this was my first time, and let me tell you what. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. If, at least that's what it felt like at the time. I mean, I'm still sore. Like, in places you shouldn't be sore. In 
muscles I didn't even have. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I was walking upstairs to go grab a part at work to yesterday, yesterday, and like my calves were burning. I'm like, I've never had my calves burn like this before. It was like not cool. It was terrible, if I'm being honest. And as I kept falling, I fell at least 50 times, right? Probably at least 50 times. More than that? <laughs> okay, 100 times. But as I kept falling, it kept getting harder to get up. And, you know, the Lord's talking to me because I'm getting very frustrated by now. I'm like, this is dumb. I don't even know why I did this. This is, ugh, I'm hurting. I'm doing terrible. These little four-year-old kids are streaming down the mountain, and I'm over here. I mean, that's not, that's a humbling experience when a four- or five-year-old is screaming down the mountain, and you're, like, stuck, like, 100 feet off the lift. You know, that's not, that's not good. But how many of us, as, that's how it is with being a Christian and living in sin, a righteous man falls seven times and gets up, right? But what I noticed and what the Lord said to me is every time I fell, it got harder to get up. And I was like, Lord, this is rough, man. I'm just like the 75th time I've had to get up. And that's how it is with sin. You know, it's so easy to get in, to just stay down. Because the more we sin, the more we do something we're not supposed to, we become callous to it, and it, it gets hard to get up. And how many of us, we get frustrated when we're stuck on the side of the hill and we got these new baby Christians flying by us like it's nothing. Well, what's holding us down? What's weighing us down? What keeps making us stumble? Not showing mercy? Not showing love, right? It just was so clear to me. I was like, Lord, Lord, this is tough to get up. I'm using my abs, my non-existent six-pack. I'm like... I'm using everything I got to get up. You know, this is hard. And he said, that's how it is with a lot of Christians. They, they, they fall, and each time they fall, it gets harder to get up because they're not renewing their strength in me. They're not reading their Bible. They're not seeking instruction on how to maneuver the, the mountain down. And then we get frustrated on how these new baby Christians are picking it up with ease. Because they're, uh, oh. it's because they, uh, they just, they're not afraid to live the life that God called them to live. Right. And we'd be the same way if we just wouldn't allow sin and weights to trip us up, right? All right. The third and last attribute I believe that the Lord wants us to reflect of him is his peace. In a time of complete chaos, right. what? What's a bigger witnessing tool than reflecting peace? Isn't that amazing? John 14, 27 is going to be the first scripture, and it'll be the New King James Version. And it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Wow! There are so many people afraid. There are so many people in their hearts being troubled. I mean, think of how much medications out there right now to deal with people's dysfunction, people's chaos, right? I mean, if it wasn't for the Lord, I'd probably be 
on heavy medication, heavy drugs. I should be in an insane asylum, you know? I, re excuse me, really? And what a bigger, wit what, what's bigger than showing people peace? What's a bigger witnessing tool than that? Besides love and mercy, it's peace. You know, next, next time a school shooting happens, pray, praise God, I hope and pray it's not here because we plead the blood of Jesus over this valley, right? The next time it happens, and it's not that saying we don't care, but we're not moved by fear, right? We can't be afraid to send our kids to school because of, because of school shootings. or We can't be even afraid to come to church because of that. How many has that thought crossed your mind? Like, what, what if it happened at church? Well, that's the, that's the enemy. That's the devil trying to get you to fear. And guess what? You go is an act of faith in his peace. It's an act of faith that I'm not going to be bothered with those thoughts when I'm at uh, church, when I'm at work, when my child's at school. You know? That's an act of faith in his peace, right? And John 16.33 is the next scripture that I want to go to about peace. Just a couple pages over. It says, uh, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But what does he say? Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Wow. We can reflect that. Next time people are talking about the news or the next bad thing that happens, you can be like, I have, I have the peace of God. Jesus is in me. And I'm, they'd be like, why are you not afraid? It could happen here, you know? Why are you not afraid? People are crazy. Well, I have peace. I have peace, man. <laughs> you know? I mean, in this day and age, I'm going to say it again. What a big, what's, what's a bigger witnessing tool than reflecting as peace? That we're not going to yield to fear. We're not going to yield to the circumstances that surround this nation, that surround the world, because we have the peace of God. And you may, what if you're saying right now in your mind, well, I don't have peace. I don't have, I don't have that. Well, guess what? If you spend time with Jesus, you will get that. If you meditate, um, that's not meditation. You know what meditation is? It's worry in reverse, Right? We got to reverse our worry. And what's what's reversing your worry? Meditating on the God things. Meditating on these scriptures. If you don't have peace, slap these scriptures on your phone or on the wall or on your mirror and just look at them. Cuz the more you start looking at them, the next time something comes up, that scripture will come up in you, right? And be like, "No, I'm not I'm not afraid." No matter what's gonna, no matter what happens, I'm not afraid because I know God's got me. Because He's my protector, He's my shield, He's my rock, He's my God. Right? And all of a sudden, that starts coming out. Well, guess what? If you don't know those scriptures, nothing's gonna come out of you. Because the Holy Spirit brings things up to our remembrance, right? And not only that, those, the Word of God sinks into your spirit, into your inner man, right? And then it'll just come out. So the next time you're squeezed. Like, like the good sponges we are, right? Something will actually come out. You know, a reflection of him will come out, right? 
and we can be distributors of peace. We should be peace distributors, right? We should be hope dealers, right? Right? Rich is laughing. I like his laugh. Um, we should, we should want to do these things. And guess what? Maybe you're thinking, I don't want to. The Lord will help you want to if you want to want to. Make that be your prayer. Does that, if that made sense at all? Make that be... I know a lot of the things that I started hearing when I first started coming to this church, I didn't want to do. Not one of them. But I said, Lord, help me want to. Help me want to. Help me want to, to, to be a reflection of your love when I don't want to. Help me want to be a reflector of your mercy when I don't want to. Help me want to be a reflector of your peace when I don't want to. And guess what? He will. But we got to spend time with him, right? You guys are the Friday night crew. You guys handling this, right? And we don't spend time with him out of duty, but we spend time with him because we want to hang out with him. And he desires to hang out with you, amen? So I'm going to close with um, this scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. This will be 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21 out of the New Living. And before I read that, I need to read this point here because I have it in bold, and bold means read. It says, the more we reflect these attributes, the more the body of Christ will be in unity. And I believe the next and possibly last great move of God will be birthed. It will begin with unity. It will be birthed by unity. Because guess what? If we're talking smack about each other, the Lord ain't going to move in that. He'll shut it all down. He's not into that. It's an abomination to him to talk bad about your brothers and sisters. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're getting... It's getting real in here. But guess what? If things aren't going well in your life, look at your love walk with your other brothers and sisters. Look at your love walk with the person sitting right next to you, right? The person sitting on the other side of the auditorium. Because guess what? Until you get that fixed, it's like a blockade for God to, to fill anything good in your life. And that's not him not wanting to. That's you lifting up an umbrella and shielding yourself from his reign of goodness. That's all it is. It's not a works thing. It's just that's the way the spiritual law works, right? And he's not going to bless you if you're, in, um, if you're not walking in love and if you're not walking in forgiveness, right? Right? That's, I mean, that's a sobering thing. But we can handle it because we're the Friday night crew. Um, probably wouldn't say that on Sunday morning, but guess what? We're growing up, right? We're walking in unity. I really, I really, 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 really believe that unity, I mean, we're going to see so much unity happen with the body of Christ. Not just between people who believe like we believe but between us and the Methodists, between us and the Catholics, between us and the Presbyterians, between us and the Baptists, right? And the Lord, the Lord told me one day, he said, you know, they're your brothers and sisters. I said, yeah. 
Your point? Well, next time, don't, next time you feel like disagreeing with them, just be like, you know, we may disagree on that, but focus on something you do agree on, right? Focus, because whether, whether we disagree on doctrine, we can always agree on helping people, I hope, you know? We can always agree on salvations, right? Leading, getting more people in heaven. We need to focus more on the things that align us than the things that, you know, divide us. Right? Amen. All right, 2 Corinthians 5, 16, verse 21, or verse 16 through 21. It says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. (laughs) At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Say, that's my task. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. This is the part I wanted to focus on, though. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Go back to verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. That's you and me. That's you and me. That's part of our calling. We are his ambassadors. That's, all, that's a sobering thought next time you're walking around. What's an ambassador? Well, an ambassador is somebody like, say you're in China or whatever, and you have, you're an ambassador of the United States. Well, guess what? You're, you are representing the United States to China, to Um, Iran or whoever. You're the representation of that country, of the United States in that country. So are we walking? Are we being reflectors? Are we being ambassadors of God in our everyday life? Are we showing the values? You know, are we showing faith? Are we showing love? Are we showing mercy, peace? Like I said already, love, you know? Because we are his ambassadors, right? We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And that should be our cry. You know, that's why we walk in love. That's why we walk in mercy. And that's why we walk in peace. Is because our cry is come back to God.